This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. Good going to have a Truman. great show this morning. But I do want to go to a sad note. Uh, uh, Jim, Jimmy Thompson, one of my old uh, football buddies that we played together in the class of 59, he, we lost him on, on uh, uh, Father's Day. And that, that, uh, that's really a, a, a big blow to our uh, class. And I just really thought the world of Jimmy. And... Uh, Greg Tucker, you have a guest for both of us on this morning. A guest uh, for both of us. Yes, you, you do. One each. Uh, yeah, we could have one each. Uh, we, we we have uh, Steve sitting over there in the corner taking notes. All right. Yeah. I, for what reason I don't know. I don't have a clue. Yeah. Well, a good friend of mine. I think most of us know. Yes. He's checking his telephone right now to see if we're already getting some call in. <laughs> We got Bill Ketrin here, our county mayor, Good morning. and uh, one of the few popular politicians. And uh, he not, is a lot of fun. Yeah, well, he <laughs> he may have some things he wants to talk about, but yeah. uh, it is a little history. And I thought I would uh, see what we can find out that we don't know about his background. He claims to have been raised over in the Mitchell Nielsen community. Absolutely. Which which street? Uh, Shelley. Oh, yeah, I know Shelly yeah. well. Uh, David Puckett's mother lived uh, over right. on Shelly. Yeah, and David come by bouncing his basketball, he and his brother, when they first moved there. We were already residents, and we were going, Avery. Yeah, you know, yeah, his, his who, was a, who was a Metro police officer. Right, and uh, they'd come bouncing their basketball, and, and all the neighbors look outside going, who are those two big tall boys? Because <laughs> they were... Well, they, six, seven. Six, six seven. Yeah. They were, they were they both were tall. tall. They yeah. are tall. Yeah. But she was the sweetest lady. I remember, do you remember the storm that came through here that just uh, almost demolished all the houses over in that area with water? I mean, we had to go over there and help David's mama just really clear out. I mean, it was just out absolutely almost underwater over there. Yeah, absolutely. It All that bled over from uh, what is now... Uh, that was the, an open field and then the country club, mm-hmm. you know, the golf course, but all that bled over uh, battleground and uh, flowed into that neighborhood. So you went to school uh, Mitchell Nielsen? I did. Yeah, okay. I, I did. Then over to Central? Central High School, graduated well, in 71. Before uh, you graduated, what did you do in high school? Well, uh, matter of fact, I played basketball for Lee Pate. And, uh, oh, bless your heart. Yeah. Well, we won't tell them about the shots you took this morning then. Well, no, no, it's been a while since I've played some hoops. 
What were you playing guard? Uh, and then I was head equipment manager on the football team for Gene Wyndham and and uh, gosh uh, Teddy Morris and Ray Hughes, mm-hmm. uh, Butch Vaughn, and uh, Jim Moon. Uh, Boy, that's, that's some good names right yeah, there. Yeah, Gail Blair and and uh, Bobby Modrell. Ah, uh, that was our coaching staff. Bobby, my cousin. And we were uh, state champions in 1970, fall of 1970, and we best like school ever in the state of Tennessee. Football best high team. school team ever. Uh, I mean, it, I, what 15 or 16 of the guys that played on that team ended up going to major schools across yeah, the country. Yeah, that 15, they all got uh, uh, Division One. Yeah. Uh, scholarships to play in, yeah. in college. What year did you finish up in high school? Uh, 71, spring 71. of 71, but the f- football team was uh, the state championship team. David right. Parsons was our quarterback. We had Jerry Anderson, uh, Terry Snee, Luther Allen, uh, Carl Watkins, Donnie Bratton, uh, gosh, David Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh Went to Vanderbilt. Uh-huh. He was captain on the team. He went on to school? Went to MTSU, matter of fact. Uh, Coach Murphy gave me a, uh, a full scholarship to be uh, head equipment manager on the football team. Good. And I think that's what prepared me to, to – and the role that I'm in today, it gave me those organizational skills, you know, to manage a, a football team. Well, I knew one other fellow that had a lot of influence on you too. Uh, he and I worked together quite a bit in the scouts. What was his background? Talking about your daddy. Oh, talking about my dad. Yeah, dad. Uh, dad was in scouting. After I got out of scouting, he continued on and was on the uh, local council board, and then went on to the regional board. And and uh, while he was on the region, he and I did quite a number of ins- camp and camp council inspections, inspections and That's council right. as well, which was not as interesting, but. The organization had to keep up with the money, so yeah, we'd go in and do exactly. the council inspections. Yeah. yeah. What was his business? Um, he was in the insurance business. Oh, did he start the firm here? He did. Good. Yeah. Interesting. You said uh, something about you were a Boy Scout. There's a little more to it than that. Uh, I know that Bill was an Eagle Scout, but you also were one of the youngest ever to yeah, achieve matter of fact, the Eagle uh, Scout I got, rank. I got my Eagle when I was 12. Yeah. And, uh, wow. Amazing. I was lodge chief for the Wahanasa Lodge in you know, Order of the Era uh, for two years, 68 and 69. Uh, worked at camp, up at Camp Stallman. Yeah. Yeah, so I enjoyed my scouting career. It gave me my base, of, of uh, uh, which helped form my later life. It's a big 100-year reunion on July 3rd up at Boxel. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I, I expect I'll see a lot of people up there. But... You had something to do with the scouts yourself. Well, that's what I said. I worked with his daddy. But what did you do? Activity. We inspected, when I was working with his father, we inspected the camps for safety uh-huh. and management. And then we would go into the council offices and go over the books. Your father was better than that, at that than I was. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, well, Greg, matter of fact, he probably won't admit this, but uh, I believe you were a silver, silver buffalo. Yeah. Uh, what? Which is a silver buffalo. There's a silver beaver, which I have. It's a local award given at the council level, and then silver antelope is given at the region level based mm-hmm. on your work. My dad uh, was a silver antelope, and, and then, of course, silver buffalo is given to very few on a national basis, and Greg is a recipient of that. 
Hmm. Quite an honor. I've, I've never even heard of that. I don't know as long as I've known him. So now you can call him an old buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> I've called him old other things, but it's, it's been pretty close oh, to right. the old, just the old buffalo. Old silver buffalo. Yeah, now, right? yeah. Well, first time I think you and I ever had a conversation, uh, I had you out in uh, Donald's Chapel for a political gathering. Yes, sir. And uh, I caught a lot of static on that. I'm but, sure you uh, did. <laughs> that we, have, we still had different partisan labels back then. We did. Uh, how'd you get into politics? Well, uh, it was just a uh, matter of fact, what uh, intrigued me getting into politics, I went through leadership Rutherford. In uh, 1989, that was in third class of leadership, Rutherford. And I got to see behind the scenes of what was happening in the community. And that intrigued me. So uh, that next year, in 1990, I decided to run for county mayor against uh, John Mankin. And, uh, he was incumbent at the time. And Bob P. That's correct. The three of us ran. And I ran on the landfill issue. It was a big deal to me about the landfill. And... Still here, 30 is. years later, we're still still, we're still working on that issue. That is Kick, one issue. It just won't go away, will kick, it? Kicking the can further down the road, but I think we're closer now than we've ever been. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about that because uh, it seems like we all remember, uh, Greg and I are old enough to remember, when Coca-Cola had glass bottles and they were recyclable. I mean, think, mm -hmm. I think we got three cents for each bottle that we re returned. Yeah, and it was, a, it was a responsibility for a lot of young people That's right. back in those days. I took mine, uh, all of our recyclable glass, to uh, Victory's Buy Ride over on Sunset yeah. in the Metro Nielsen area. Yeah. So uh, are we going to get back into something maybe similar to that Truman, where our, we can utilize yes, Truman, things over and over? Yes, that's our intent right now. We, uh, you know, when I got elected to this position as mayor in uh, 2018, the first thing I did was I put our uh, county commissioners and all the city leaders from Murfreesboro, Smyrna, Laverne, and Eagleville we all got on a bus, went to Sevierville, looked at the uh, uh, solid waste uh, composting facility that Sevier mm -hmm. County has. Um, we've gone out to uh, California, to San Jose. We looked at state-of-the-art composting, state-of-the-art recycling facilities out there. And then we've come back and we put out recently an RFI uh, about six months ago, asked for different companies to, to uh, it's a request for information. And then after we got all those back in, then we put out an RFP, a request for proposal. Mm -hmm. And we had nine companies uh, internationally. We had one from Brussels in the EU uh, that actually made a submission. And uh, we've narrowed them down to five. We're getting ready after we pass the budget next week. In July, we're going to start going through, Public Works Committee will start going through and narrowing it down even further of who we want to talk about handling our recycling, uh, and our total waste stream for the entire county. Um, we, <clears throat> out of the top five that we've got it down to, I was much impressed. It was um, Waste Management, Republic. Uh, there's a company over in Lebanon uh, that's in the top five uh, called Rockwood. They'll mm -hmm. take uh, shingles, uh, building products like sheetrock, two-by-fours, branches, tree stumps, et cetera, and they grind it all up. Um, they're still in the mix, but the one that I was most impressed with was a, a company out of um, 
Georgia, and it was Pratt Recycling. Mm. Pratt Recycling is the fifth largest recycl recycler of cardboard, corrugated cardboard. They, they do all the boxes for uh, Amazon, mm -hmm. uh, AutoZone, et cetera, our clients that they have, and that's all they do. They don't do waste. They do recycling. They want to come in, and they need about 20 acres to build a building and put up the the uh, conveyor belts that the trash um, trucks will dump on the floor. They'll take a knuckle boom and drop it down onto the um, uh, beltway, and then they'll have people who are actually picking out the recyclables, the glass in one hole, plastic in another hole, all your core corrugated cardboard and they have an end product uh, they take all their plastic they take it back to Georgia wash it plastic water bottles they wash mm -hmm. it out sterilize it and then they send it to northern Georgia and make it into carpet into Dalton Georgia and uh, they take their glass they have a uh, an end product for that they can recycle corrugated cardboard seven times before mm -hmm. it loses its tensile strength and that's where they make their all their boxes from so very much interested in getting more information from them. Would we be dealing with a number of companies or corporations when we get I, into that type I, situation? I, I think we may have uh, two or three. Uh, and we may use Rockwood over in Lebanon. We may use uh, uh, this company out of Georgia, you know, for recycling, and then Republic to take the rest of our waste too. Because what people need to remember is the deal that was cut by the county commission and Nancy Allen back in 1998 mm -hmm. was that we get to dump for free. So people, when they take their trash to every one of our 14 convenience centers, they're getting it for free. Mm -hmm. You go anywhere else in the country, taking care of your trash is not free. So we're dumping free as long as there is space at Middle Point Landfill and they pay us a million dollars. That was the deal that was cut back then. Yeah. Well, what about all the other counties that surround us or close to us yeah. that are uh, it, they're they're pretty much uh, clouding up our roadways and everything else, and it's not. Uh, I think that's the biggest complaint I hear from most of the people because of our landfill is all the negative things that it causes. Yeah, it's been said that there's 37 different counties bringing their trash here, and, and actually talking to the, to the folks at Middle Point, they said that's that's true, but it's really a and it's an exaggerated number. Some of those counties may only bring one or two trucks here mm. uh, on per month. The majority of waste comes from right inside Rutherford County, and the other majority of that would be about 68% comes from Davidson County, wow. which comes to this landfill. Yeah. Is there any way that that we can stop that from happening from other counties, or no, is sir. it going to be um, financially uh, well, it's it, not feasible? It, it, it would hurt us financially because we don't have a plan B. We don't have any – If let's just hypothetically say if we stopped it today – where are you going to take the trash? We don't yeah. have a plan B. There's there's about three other landfills uh, within an hour's drive. One would be Marshall County, which is owned by Waste Management. Mm -hmm. You have By County up in Clarksville in Montgomery County. Um, and then you have the other landfill uh, down on Birdsong Road uh, in between Nashville and Jackson. Mm 
those are about the only three landfills and they all have between eight and nine years left we have six years left out here in this landfill mm -hmm. so there's not a plan b for us to take our trash anywhere uh at this point if it stopped today uh, so that's why we need to really focus on recycling to reduce the amount that's going in into the landfill well so when all this recycling in is going to essentially be our plan b yes sir it has to be. stream. It has yeah. to be. But, but, but we're, we're looking at something like eight years from what you're saying. Six. But, six there. years before we can ever reach out and maybe find a plan B or plan C or whatever to take care of this because it, it, this is one of the biggest problems nationwide. It Everybody is. has it this is. problem. It is. But... Uh, uh, how in the world are you going to give those people who live out there in that community any relief? Yeah, it, it, it's only through uh, proper recycling and educating and, you know, start the educational process in our schools, mm -hmm. uh, getting young people because they can help. Uh, once we change the culture and get people thinking about recycling and, and what good it provides for us, not only the good of saving our planet, but it also... Well, changing the culture may be the biggest part of the challenge. How it, in the oh, world are we going to do that? It How is. much time have we got? But that's where I think young children can help influence their parents. Don't throw that out the window or don't follow you out in the country and see you dumping your refrigerator or stove or, or um, anything else. Mattresses are popular. Mattresses. We have just recently found a, a market. Uh, to handle our mattresses, and we'll be doing that at our convenience centers. It's down in Georgia. A recycler uh, for mattresses. Yeah, recycler for mattresses. They strip out the coils, and then they uh, repurpose the foam or whatever the else filler. is in that, the filler. The, the producers of all of these things, uh, do you have an, any idea what are the main type of products that fill up the landfill? Uh, gosh, it's or is it just all of them? It's just everything. Uh, but we can reduce about 40% of what's going into that landfill, landfill through proper recycling. Our glass, our um, uh, metal cans, our uh, uh, plastic water bottles. Um, we we're even going to have a place to take carpet. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, which is something you'll find on the side of the roads out in, out in the country that people just back up and nobody's looking and they dump it on somebody else's property and, and so we have to call the, the workhouse and get the, the uh, litter crew to go out there and yeah. pick it up. It's, it, once this one fills up, yes, uh, this landfill, you know, there's always things that they've been able to do, even build golf courses on top of them sure. and th things like that. But uh, when it's completely... Full. Sated, you, uh -huh. yeah, full. It's going to be very difficult to find a place again in the community. I remember, oh, yeah. you remember, and I know Steve remembers it, that uh, when they bought uh, the, the Guy James property That's right. over there, and they thought that was going to be the next one, and then there was an uproar that you could hear all the way sure. to the moon from Las Cassis over there. They were not going to put up with yeah, it. Yeah, there's a... And when you start talking about waste, uh, there's a, a phrase, uh, it's called NIMBY, not in my backyard, mm -hmm. uh, and that's what gets everybody uh, excited. Yeah, I it need will. to take my trash somewhere, but it's not going to be close to me. Yeah, it, it, and it's always got to be somebody's backyard. Yeah, 
there is a proposal by one of the um, uh, uh, RFPs that we received is to go in and mine out our landfill. And you know, our landfill is adjacent to Republic's landfill. There's just a fence in between. And Republic says that we have methane gas over on our side that migrates over into their side. Um, but uh, they're, right now, they've reallocated $4 million to come in and put in a, a stronger, larger methane collection system mm -hmm. to collect all the methane. Ours, uh, our flares haven't been working for the last year and a half, and we're upgrading those over on our landfill because we closed it, put a clay cap on top of it back in 1997 uh, in that time period. But we still have to maintain it for as long as it's there. So this one company says they want to come in, take off all the, the clay. There's 12 feet of clay on top of it mm -hmm. on our landfill. They want to mine it out and put a liner under it. Ours does not have a liner. Our landfill does not. Ooh, I thought it did. No. Next door at Republic, it was used to be BFI. They yeah. put a liner in, but ours does not have a liner, which is a, a strong possibility that we have a blowout and it goes down into the river. river. And yeah. then we, ha we have to suffer that, that um, liability from yeah. getting sued from EPA and everybody else. So uh, Does the county landfill predate? BFI? Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So the standards were different. When, oh, yeah. When that yeah. Was set Matter of fact, BFI was when they first opened it up, and that's why I ran on that in 1990. Um, they opened in 1989, I think. There was a, there was a lot of controversy, and that's what my platform was, is, is uh, uh, start recycling back then, which we did. We started recycling our first recycling uh, opportunity. I went to Bob Aldridge, who was a plant manager out at uh, Heritage Farms. Mm -hmm. He put the money up, and we put our first recycling bins at Smyrna Elementary School. Terry Davenport was the principal, and uh, those kids got into competition. They got free pizza, or whatever. If they'd bring in the newspapers, if they'd bring in, you yeah. know, the plastics, etc. And then eventually went to. We had recycling bins at Kroger over on Northfield. But people got to uh, just throwing trash on top of the bottles. They weren't doing it correctly. Well, you're back to the culture issue. People yeah, have it, to be trained. Yeah, have, have to, to be believe trained. and that's, commit. That's, yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I see somebody over one of the convenience centers uh, carefully separating color and white glass. I think there's somebody that's made a commitment and is willing to put in that little yeah. bit of extra time. And then you get some knucklehead that comes in and just throws it all in there. I know. It doesn't pay attention to it. Yeah. And, and he's a problem. <laughs> he is. is. Is there any possibility of the people who produce all of these things that end up in the landfill, is there any way to um, look back at them and see what they can do as far as assisting all of these communities and to let them learn how to reproduce all these particular items that, uh, that we're finding that at one time uh, I mean just the glass itself it was being taken care of by a lot of people sure. during during those particular times uh, has anybody looked into maybe some of those could be uh, uh, returned through the people, the, the industries that are producing all of these things. Uh, you remind me of the federal Superfund law, yeah. 
which uh, looks to the source of what's in yeah in, in the pollution. I, I think and it goes back and they divide up on a proportional basis. You know, X percentage of what's in here that we want to get rid of came from you. Yeah. So you're responsible. So it usually the fault is somewhere in between the source and the where it ends up. Mm -hmm. But we look away from that just for convenience. Let's go to the source. I think Greg's right. That would take some federal legislation it to would. do that yeah. uh, for us to try to do it here. So in the meantime, we got to take care of our own. However, we did talk to a company just last week uh, who brought in some um, examples of what they do. It's out, actually out of Australia. Their packet came in a day after we had the cutoff for the RFPs, uh, and we couldn't accept it because we had a cutoff, okay? But they came in and still wanted to make a presentation, so I've got to go back to the committee to see if they're open-minded to look at this. But they brought the samples. Yeah, the samples are impressive. The, you showed them. Yeah, to, uh, yeah they're, the they, they take uh, the recyclables. They make uh, wall panels, roof panels, insulated panels, all out of trash. Down in Australia, they had a piece that they showed us. It was made out of bamboo and coconut hulls. We don't have much in our sports No, we don't, stream, it, <laughs> we don't have a shore it's for us to wash that up they can on. Do you know, but like that, but yeah. uh, this guy down there has got a got something that it's worth looking at. Yeah, and yeah. That company wants to come here to and, be sure and put in a MRF, which would recycle uh, this trash and and start making two befores. They've already reached out to Lowe's and Home mm -hmm. Depot. You know, and every every one of them straight, it's extruded through this machine after it's compressed. Um, and with the cost of lumber today for a two-before, it might say, be something we, to look we're at. We're probably getting pretty close to matching the cost there. Let's take a quick break. What All do right, say? let's do okay. that, and then we can talk about some of the trash. All right. It's about that time again for the 54th Annual Murfreesboro Antique Show and Sale coming up July 16th through the 18th. $7 gets you in all weekend as you shop unique rugs, jewelry, custom furniture, fine linens, and much, much more. Parking is free and food and beverages are available for purchase inside the venue. Catch all the action this year at the Middle Tennessee Expo Center on 1660 Middle Tennessee Boulevard in Murfreesboro. Your next great find is waiting for you at the 54th Annual Murfreesboro Antique Show and Sale July 16th through the 18th. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. For 80 years, Roscoe Brown has been the trusted name in heating, cooling, and plumbing for Middle Tennessee homeowners and businesses. Throughout the years, our number one goal has been to accurately assess your HVAC and plumbing systems. With four locations in Middle Tennessee, we provide 24-7 assistance by calling 1-888-MY-ROSCOE. Turn to the experts at Carrier and Roscoe Brown. People you know, a name you trust. RoscoeBrown.com. Roscoe Brown. RoscoeBrown.com. And we're going to be heading over to talk with Tim Sutter over at Middle Tennessee Electric. 
What is Green Switch 100? Green Switch 100 is a new option when it comes to a renewables energy program. We developed Green Switch 100 to be able to give members a low cost option to source 100% of their energy needs through renewables. Tim Subbeth visiting with us, Middle Tennessee Electric. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. A pre-sunrise blaze Sunday morning at 1411 Huntington Drive caused heavy damage to the home there. Firefighters reported that single-story ranch-style home was fully involved in flames as they pulled onto the scene. Crews worked throughout the morning to bring it under control. No injuries were reported, and the cause of the fire currently under investigation. Cason Lane at State Route 99 will be closed to all traffic for the next three weeks. The closure will allow DOT crews to install new storm drains. Officials say that message boards are now in place with detour information. Scheduled closures depended on weather and conditions underneath the roadway. Should weather or unforeseen circumstances prevent work from occurring as scheduled, the timeline will be adjusted. The work is part of the $28.7 million widening of State Route 99 between Cason Lane and I-24. Traffic deaths are on the rise in Tennessee. The Department of Safety and Homeland Security says there have been 584 traffic deaths statewide so far this year, 21% more than this time last year. Officials call the increasing accidents a pandemic of deadly crashes. They say it needs to be taken just as seriously as the coronavirus. Kittrell Volunteer Fire Department holding its annual board meeting Tuesday, June 29th. The 7 p.m. meeting will be in the Kittrell Fire Station in Reedyville. Fire Chief John Donald says it's a meeting to elect board members and to elect officers. Everybody in the Kittrell community is encouraged to attend the meeting. And Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene will speak at a Trump Day dinner in Wilson County October 7th. The event will be held at the Wilson County Expo Center. Greene is expected to host a private reception with tickets running from $75 to $1,000. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. And the Blue Raiders win again. Man, I really need to get some new MT gear. Where are you going? I thought I'd go to the bookstore. Bookstore? I thought you wanted gear. Businesses always put what they're most proud of in their name. So where do you go? Raider Tees. They have tees, polos, hats, chairs, tents, artwork, everything blue for the true Blue Raider fan. They're just off Broad Street behind Chewy's Restaurant on Ridgely Road. Raider Tees. Like us on Facebook for early notice of specials and sales. Raider Tees. Bigger, better, and go blue. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. A few scattered showers and thunderstorms here this afternoon. Partial sunshine develops a high in the upper 80s. Southwest winds at 10 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 25. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 80. Classic kid movies are back this summer at Premier Six on Broad in Jackson Heights. $5 tickets include admission, drink, popcorn, and candy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for classic kid movies all summer. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. 
welcome with Bill Catron. Uh, do, do you think it should be Mayor Catron or County Executive? Uh, wh- why did we change the title of that? I, I don't know. I was in the Senate when that came through, and and uh, uh, somebody presented a bill, and I think the Tennessee Mayor's Association liked it better than County Executive. But it wasn't mandatory, so we still have some counties that refer to their head elected official as county executive. Oh, the majority heard, went over to mayor. Hadn't you heard the story mm-hmm. about uh, back during the Nissan uh, negotiations? The delegation went to Japan, and they introduced the mayor of Murfreesboro and all this fanfare and the honor and dignified. And then they introduced the county executive, and it was oh, good handshake. They didn't know what that was. Yeah, it didn't mean anything I, to them. So that could be it. That's that's the anecdote, and I, can, <laughs> I can't uh, give you a citation sure. on that. Hey, while we're while we're hesitating, why don't you mm-hmm. introduce your driver? He deserves some recognition. Oh, Steve Sandlin. Uh, uh, Steve. What is, is his real function? Steve is deputy to the mayor, and and uh, uh, when I chose Steve to ask him to fill that position. Uh, I, I knew of his uh, knowledge of the county commission, how it works. I was looking for somebody that that uh, could come in, hit the ground running. And St- <clears throat> Steve, I came in in 1990 with Steve on the county commission, and I served eight years, and he stayed uh, and served a total of 24 years. Wow. Uh, so uh, he deserves he, a break then. Yeah, and he took a little break, as I did when I went to the Senate. He, he stayed on, and, and so he knows the inner workings. He knew a lot of the people, so he, uh, he, he's my right hand. I mean, he's, he, he uh, gets on the phone, makes phone calls. He, he handles uh, dog, bites. dog bites and all kind of calls that come into the office. Dog and trash. Yeah. Sanitation around the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who dumped trash out on my, my yeah. farm? All right, let's move off trash. And I want you to talk about, to me, the most important historic uh, property we have in yes, Rutherford sir. County, which is our courthouse. Correct. And if anybody's been paying attention, I know they have because they've mentioned it to me. The look of the courthouse, the grounds around the courthouse, the interior of the courthouse is changing. Yeah, thank you, Greg. I, I, you know, when I first got elected, there was I couldn't even see out the mayor's window because this holly bush, it, or tree, was as high as a cupola, and uh, you know, people said, "Why are you cutting that down? People can shoot you through that window. They can see you now." And I was going, <laughs> "Don't, don't uh, take that for what it is." But anyway. Uh, it was overgrown. We had weeds, and it was just uh, falling in disrepair. And old buildings like that take a lot of uh, TLC. And so I went to the commission and asked them to to use some grant money that we had coming in. And so we just completed that this past year. So we put in a new roof. We, you know, the roof had been leaking for years. Yeah. And we got a new roof on. We haven't had a leak since that roof was put on last fall. We. Uh, uh, and now we're in the, the last part of it is uh, we got, what is that? <laughs> we, we got uh, um, IT moved across the street, and um, uh, they're over in 20 North Building along with probation. And now we're taking those offices on the first floor and turning that into a museum. 
because we want to tell our story. So I ask. Uh, this is where I jump in. Yeah, well, that's why he started this. Local I news, want yeah. to see you guys do the second floor also. Okay. And that was all judicial back many years. You had you had the uh, uh, circuit court clerk who was back sure. then was Bob Sutter, mm -hmm. and uh, well, you had you had you had the judges. You had the uh, DA's office. Everybody that had anything to do with those type things was on that, that second floor, which was amazing. But, but it would be very difficult to, to rearrange that now, wouldn't it? It, it would be on the second floor uh, because we expanded the courtroom. Yes. Uh, now, we do have empty offices up on the third floor because IT and... GIS moved out. Uh, over across the street. So yeah. those rooms up on the third floor, we have three uh, office spaces that, that could possibly done be done with. So is is there any way to bring that to the public as far as um, how it used to be? And maybe you know most uh, of the county offices they ha they have pictures of people who served before, and, and almost all governments do that. Is there any way to bring attention to those people? Well. I asked uh, uh, Van West, mm -hmm. uh, Carol Van West is our state historian and also runs the MTSU uh, Historical Preservation uh, Department, and uh, task him and John Lodel, mm -hmm. our director. County archivist. He runs our ar archives um, for the county, and they're in the process of arranging with the state museum to bring all the the articles through the battlefield, et cetera, that they want to bring bring in and put on display, so we mm -hmm. could possibly look at moving upstairs to the third floor and, and continuing that museum. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, a a great thing that you're doing with that because uh, history uh, and the people who have made Rutherford County what it is today, those people need to be uh, noticed and 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 given a lot of uh, of uh, we wouldn't have this uh, everything that we have right now if if it if it hadn't have been for them. And look at look how Rutherford County is now. It's one one of the greatest communities in, in the it's, country right now. No doubt. Uh, my grandfather always told me, Truman, don't ever forget where you come from. Yeah. And I have never forgot that. And I think that that uh, once we forget where we came from, what got us here, then mm -hmm. we're bound to repeat some of those mistakes that we've made in the past. But we need to talk about those things. We need to talk about how back in the 60s we had over 300 and something uh, dairies, yeah. and they're all gone now. Uh, we don't want to forget that. We want to talk about uh, what happened in, prior to World War II. This whole area from here yeah, to Tullahoma was D -Day, D Day was trained in Tennessee. That's correct. And in particular, this area. Uh, mm -hmm. Your museum concept includes the uh, surrounding property around yes, the courthouse as well. Yes, sir. And uh, uh, you can do a good half-hour walk around there and learn an awful lot from. Yeah, the we want to make that a living, working museum, and and uh, we've got the, you know, the original clock that was in the cupola that's located at the Chamber of Commerce. We want to move that that's back. That's the tower on top of the that's courthouse. That's correct. The tower on top of the courthouse, <laughs> the white tower with the clock. So that original clock is coming back. We've got a section uh, in one of the rooms that's going to be for uh, working with Bradley Academy and the, the African-American 
section. We'll be able to tell their story. We'll be able to tell about what went on during the Revolution, what went on during the Civil War, First World War, et cetera, and kind of take it chronologically through what our county's been through. And now we're the fourth largest county in the state. Now, here's your history test. What's yes, the oldest thing on the square? The oldest thing on the square, other than the courthouse? Well, the courthouse is 1858. We're talking about before then. 1858. I warned you to be careful not to disturb it when you started your landscape work. He's looking to his deputy. Yeah, and he's, he's giving the right answer. Is he? Yeah. About 1840, wasn't it? You're talking about the sycamore? Yes. Yeah. The sycamore on the southeast corner. Yeah. I is think probably you just earned your salary, yeah. big boy. Yeah, thank thank you, a, Steve. That's the oldest uh, sycamore in the state. It may well be. The last time we measured it was just 10 years ago. I got the Miller boys who have all left, departed now, but uh, I got them to pose for a picture with the tape. And 10 years ago, the circumference was 16, over 16 feet. And, uh, you know, originally there were four. There was one on each corner. Mm -hmm. And they were planted by one of the Miller ancestors who was at the time in the, I believe he was actually a city alderman at the time. But, uh, yeah, take care of our sycamore. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's kind of cool as we were remodeling. They found up in the in the Corinthian columns uh, the last time they, re they remodeled was in 1998. I think, and they found a 50 caliber bullet lodged up there where they were painting. And so the curator at the Stones River Battlefield is going to put on loan the rifle that that uh, was could, not that exact rifle, but from. one that, yeah. that was, it was a Union rifle. And uh, his explanation was that it was the morning of the raid from when Forrest came in to take the the um, prisoners, the Confederate prisoners, were down in the basement, yeah. which later became a restroom. Mm -hmm. um, that the Union soldiers ran down West Main Street, headed towards Broad, and they turned around and just shot back, not knowing what the projection was of of shooting back at the enemy, and and it lodged up there. Mm. Now, yeah. a good story. Was there a civil war? Yes, sir. I thought it was the war of northern aggression. <laughs> and they think it was the war of the rebellion. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, my goodness. Well, it, the Union called it, uh, they always named the battles after whatever local river was there. Yeah. So it became the Battle of Stones River. Mm -hmm. The Confederate side always called it based on the local city. So if Battle you see. Battle of Murfreesboro. Yeah, the Battle of Murfreesboro. Yeah. Now, are we facing a little bit of a problem we have we are growing so fast here in Russell right. County, and we'll, we'll probably surpass even Davidson County one of these days. I mean, it's just it, it's it's hard to control all the things that are going on. But now that there's so many problems in all these other states, they we, are we having an immigration problem right now? Uh, immigration is coming here because everybody wants what we have. Yes. Yeah, low taxes or no state taxes. Uh, we have a good educational system. Yeah. We have a, a, a good climate. You still get the four seasons uh, mm -hmm. change every year. And uh, Be careful. You're encouraging it. Well, I, yeah, exactly. And But that's what people want. And yeah. I'm okay with it. I mean, we're not going to stop it. Yeah. But I just don't want them to come here and try to change it then from what they're leaving from. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, it seems like the larger the, the area population-wise, uh, the more difficult it is to keep the, the type of culture that we're used to around That's here. Correct. And, and uh, of course, a lot of it is people in, in, in this area, they're friendly. They open their arms to everybody. Uh, everybody is treat, treated equally, has been for many, many years. And, and, and then having people, which we really don't have much information, that are seem to be, sure. everybody wants to be here. How, how in the world do we control that? I don't think and, But we want to be friendly with them, of course. Sure. I don't know how you control it. Um, I think you made a good point, though, and that is if they're coming here to share what we have, yeah, you know, we'll be generous. But uh, if they're coming here to change and impose their feelings and attitudes, that's awfully hard to accept. Well, and that's what they do. They they come in and say, well, we had that back in California, and we want that here. Uh, and if you won't give it to us, then we're going to elect some county commissioner that will help vote the way that we want it, yeah. you know. When you get always, new people a day a here. Before we leave the courthouse, there's a rumor that uh, a hole opened up in a wall and you refused to fix it, patch it up. Where is that? A hole Where? in the wall? Are, 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 are we yeah, playing something, some kind of game yeah, where that, you're, you're, no, giving, no, no. you're giving no, clues fact, and he's supposed to follow up, it? If you, did you cover up the horse? Going up the, going up the stairway between uh, the second floor and the third floor, some of the plaster bubbled out. It was getting ready to, mm. I don't know why, but it was. We never figured out why, but yeah. I don't know why. And uh, so when it was exposed, our, our painter, who works for maintenance, he came in and he goes, Mayor, I'm going to have to replaster this and repaint it. And it was actually show, showing the exposed brick and the timber of the original wall uh, when the courthouse was built. Mm. And we took some paint chips, and there was like seven layers of paint, you know, on the piece of plaster that came out. And the plaster was actually made with horse hair. And wow. You can see the, the fine fibers, hairs yeah. of the horse hair that gave it tensile strength to stick mm -hmm. together. But exposing that brick wall and timbers in it, uh, instead of painting and plastering over and painting it, I told him, go down, get a piece of, of glass in a frame and we'll frame in showing that that brick wall and I put a sign underneath it horsehair plaster that's cool <laughs> it also shows and how they, cool. they use wood timbers for the infrastructure mm -hmm. of the courthouse which was what they had back then and uh, I don't know what the wood is probably cedar or cypress yeah. or something uh, but uh, yeah I knew we were on the right track towards the museum when we did that. Yeah, and and everybody was saying, "Oh, that's cool." So that's why I put sign underneath. That's cool. <laughs> Do we have many visitors from other areas coming here? Uh, maybe prospective uh, uh, people who want to maybe move here. Do Do we have any way to judge all of that? how all that's happening no but it's every day we have people in the courthouse just looking around there was a couple in there the other night from california and they're looking to move here and they just wanted to look around we were in a meeting and the courthouse was closed except for the meeting upstairs and yeah so uh, uh reggie our maintenance guy he goes we're closed and she goes what and bobby goes come on upstairs his wife she she's one of our custodians as well 
showed her around. They came back to want to get a picture with the mayor, and they were uh, so impressed about how friendly people yeah. were here, and uh, they want to move here from California. Do you have many businesses looking to come oh, here yes, sir. In, in Rutherford County? Yes, sir. Uh, financially, uh, uh, I don't think you can find a better place to move as far as uh, are, there, are there any particular businesses that we're looking to really make an impact on Rutherford County? Well, there's one right now from uh, uh, from the Phoenix area that's wanting to bring in a, a complex on 200 acres. If they can talk to the property owner, they want to bring in uh, soccer fields, uh, indoor tennis, indoor-outdoor swimming, uh, they even have one building that they want to put in gaming uh, competition. So they want to have something going on a regional basis, have competition going every weekend mm -hmm. um, on 200 acres. That's the complex was. They have one out. They're building right outside of uh, Phoenix right now, and they have identified this area uh, to bring teams in from all over the the mid south area. Yeah. You know, Murfreesboro gets a lot of that, and, and they get the, uh, the financial results of a lot of businesses coming in here. Are, 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 is the city still kind of structured where it can't move out of certain... Uh, uh, yes, sir. A couple of years ago, the General Assembly said that uh, it, it kind of, when they passed the law, it says... you. Cities can't just go out and start annexing mm -hmm. just to get um, uh, tax revenue. Yeah. If you're going to do that, the people who want to be annexed have to request it to the city. Then the city can do it. Uh, I passed uh, uh, the motion I passed before I left the Senate was that if the city does annex, then that starts the clock of gives them a five-year period to provide the same services that they're providing to the current city mm -hmm. residents, meaning you got to put in sewer, you got to put in wa uh, water, uh, fire protection, fire protection, police protection, sanitation, yeah. Yeah. Uh, street lights. You have to give them the same thing that instead of just annexing and not ever doing anything, you know, just taking mm -hmm. your money. Now that's broken down on how much the city gets and how much the county gets. That is correct. Yeah. Yes, what what is that percentage now? Gosh, I I'd hate to say Truman, but what we're seeing because of that law being passed, we're starting to see uh, uh, businesses open up out in the county, mm -hmm. which the county now will start getting a hundred percent of the sales tax instead of, you know, maybe twenty or thirty percent. Yeah. yeah. Step yes. Step oh. systems have actually opened that up in the county. What? Without sewer. What, all right, if uh, this is all one government in in Rutherford County, like uh, uh, Nashville Metro, Metro. went to, mm -hmm. um, would that be a uh, positive thing as far as the strength of that particular government, or um, would there would there be a savings at all? in going to that type of government. You know, that's that's been argued for a number of years when I was on the county commission back in the <clears throat> back in the nineties. Mm -hmm. Uh we talked when John Hodge Jones was was uh, superintendent of the school board. Uh 
we talked and had meetings over at the old Critchlow yeah. Elementary School. I remember, yeah. Talking about merging the school systems. And I think that if that were to happen, uh, that's where your true savings would be. Yeah. Um, because every time we build a school in the county, we have to turn around and give them 10% of the cost to back to the mm -hmm. city because their residents are, are uh, county. They're uh, paying county taxes. Taxes they, as yeah, well. you got to work back. You would save that. Uh, there has been some discussion in the past of, of uh, the city just getting out of the educational business, but that's up to the city fathers to make that call. Well, we have it, no choice. The county yeah, is. I was going to say, yeah. if the city elected to get out, the county has to pick it up. Yeah, because we're a subdivision of the state, yeah. whereas the city elected back in the 50s to, after World War II to start their own educational system because we all we had was, you know, our old wooden structures like uh, Las Casas and Rockville, those old schools, and they wanted, that's when they built Mitchell Nielsen, Hobgood, Reese Rogers, and what was the other one? Yeah, my father designed most of them. Yeah. Uh, let me change the subject because yes, we were talking before the show about something that's developing around the old state farm property. Yes, Tell us what's going on. Yeah, matter of fact, uh, we were looking at it, the state farm when it uh, became vacant. Uh, they have decided to to sell all their regional offices and move people to Atlanta, Dallas, uh, Phoenix, and I think maybe Seattle. Uh, so we started looking at that building. <clears throat> we, What's the size of that structure? That is 403,000 square feet on 62 acres. Wow. The building is in immaculate shape. We took a tour out there on Tuesday, took a lot of the commissioners. We took it in front of the full commission. Uh, and asked them to give me the authority to negotiate to purchase that building. Uh, it's valued at $63 million. Uh, we have a grant, a federal grant, that we can purchase that for $25.5 million. Um, it's even assessed at $33 million, which is 40% of what the appraisal value is. Um, <clears throat> We found out Friday during the tour that the company that owned it, State Farm didn't own it. They sold it to this real estate company out of Chicago and leased it back. We can purchase that uh, for 25.5, and I thought I'd have to come back and request the commission for another three, four million dollars to buy furniture and fixtures to go into it. We found out Friday in the tour that they're going to let us have all the furniture and fixtures for 1,800 desks and et cetera that we won't have to, so that actually brings the the price down to 22.5. Um, well, what are we going to do with all that? Okay. One half, we envision working with them tissue and putting in a, a, a morgue, a, a county morgue, as well as uh, working with Dr. Behrman and putting in a forensic facility, state-of-the-art forensic facility. Uh, right now, we're paying over six hundred thousand dollars to send our bodies when they die of suicide or drug overdoses to Nashville to have autopsies run on them we can keep that money and spend it right here other counties can bring their bodies here as well we can use that money uh, the other half we would like to dedicate to our public uh, safety uh, sheriff's department administration EMA EMS fire rescue TBI, FBI has expressed interest in rent, renting space. So we turn the whole complex into a very secure uh, building. It gives us relief over to jail, uh, where the, the jail 
services, medical services with Dr. Rudd can expand into that current location. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Will Dr. Behrman be able to do some of his work yes, sir. Oh, over there? Absolutely. Most people, I think, are related to CSI, but basically sure. DNA and, and those type things. Correct. That we have to go to other places like TBI, FBI, or whatever, and it takes forever to get that information back. Because people don't talk about death. They don't talk about autopsies, et cetera. It's just one of those things, but we're, they're backed up in Nashville. Yeah. It's a private organization in Nashville that we send our bodies to. And with the amount of fentanyl that's coming into this community, uh, the number of suicides, um, our, our numbers are increasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only spent about 400000 last year, and now we're at almost 640000 this year of what we're having to spend to run autopsies. Yeah. Well, it, it, it slows down the process of getting everything ready for court for the law enforcement Well, officers. and that would be so nice to have our detectives walk next door down to the other end of the building and talk to the forensic yes. people as yeah. to, you know, what happened in this death that they're investigating. Would Dr. Behrman be utilizing much of his time over there working directly with with uh, law enforcement, or will he still be assigned to uh, MTSU? Well, uh, we're still in the uh, in the beginning stages. I talked to Dr. Mayfee by text yesterday and told him I would call him and see if he's interested in, in moving forward with this. I know uh, uh, Mark Burns, the provost at MTSU, mm-hmm. did the tour on Friday. Dr. Behrman was there. They're all pumped and excited about the, the opportunity of us working together in a <coughs> partnership. Yeah. There's a lot of things to be looking at in a positive way, it looks like. Yes, sir. And there's no way that you could buy a building with that much acreage in today's time. And that equates to about $64 a square foot. To build anything commercially today is running well over three to $500 a square foot. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've run out of time, guys. Thank you, sir. But I've enjoyed it. It's been, uh, been a lot of fun and very informative. Yes. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you sharing some of your time with us. Thank you. I appreciate you. Yeah, and I appreciate you, driver. Could I could I utilize him some? Uh, Anytime. Okay. Just make a reservation. Y- yeah. <laughs> Just call. I, 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 I want his little bus hat on. He, he didn't wear it in here, but I, but I would appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. All right, guys. We'll see you in the morning at 9. NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.